Dr. Jonathan Clark, pediatrician, amateur surfer, resident of this coastal region of the United States. Dr. Clark sits atop the seawall, just over its concrete lip, with a companion. Said companion, the state governor, is bound, gagged, and blindfolded with duct tape, unharmed, but immobilized. Dr. Clark has brought the governor to this precise location for a demonstration, an anecdotal test, if you will, of a hotly contested political hot potato known as climate change, a.k.a. global warming. When volumes of scientific evidence fail to convince, there's nothing like a life-or-death game of faith to wake up even the staunchest denier. Whether this is a madman grasping at his last handful of sanity, or a sane man finally taking action against the noxious insane, you be the judge. What seems certain is the tide is rising. But what will be the result of such a biblical flood? Only time will tell. You hear that? I always did love the ocean. I remember the first time my parents brought me here, two days after we moved from Ohio. My brother and I ran onto the sand, headed straight for the surf, and got a mouthful of salt water. Quite a jolt, to be sure, but what a feeling. If ever there was instantaneous love, love at first sight, that was it. I love everything about it. The sound of the waves rolling in, then peeling back. Birds gliding just overhead, some following the shoreline, looking for crabs or small fish. Others over the breadth of the water, perhaps also looking for food, but maybe just cruising for the sheer pleasure of it. The sand, too. I like to sink into it, allow it to surround me in the heat of the day. It's amazing just how cool it is, only inches below the frying pan surface. The ocean's a mystery, Governor. A place for dreamers. I'm a dreamer, you see. You spend time here, and it'll change your perspective. People like you pay millions for oceanfront property, all up and down here. I couldn't afford it, heavens no. But these beaches are right up your tax bracket. Problem is, when do you ever take the time to know them? I mean, really walk the wet sand, follow the tides, observe the seasonal changes, and, most importantly, note shifts in weather patterns and sea levels over the years. We moved from Ohio when I was six. For the past 29 years, I've come here. Hardly a day goes by when I'm not out on a surfboard or cruising along with the fishing line trailing behind me. God, I love the smell. A lot of people don't, but I love it. To me, it's a colonial life. Do you know my younger daughter? Her name is Tessa. Her favorite thing to do at the beach is dig for mole crabs. You know what kind of crabs I'm talking about? Those little things, about an inch long, more like bugs than crustaceans. She laughs when holding them in her hand. You have a daughter, Governor? If you do, is there anything better than hearing her laugh and be happy? There's no deeper love than that of a father for his daughter, is there, Governor? Her future is my morning, noon, and night. The storm should be here in a few hours. We haven't had a really bad storm and a full moon for... Oh, five or six months. You probably don't remember. I doubt if you looked out your window, but I saw it. I was there, in it. For a while, before it got too bad, me and some friends went surfing. That's the most thrilling kind of wave, Governor. The ones at the leading edge of a big storm. They're fast, unpredictable. They challenge your skill. As the storm intensifies, only the best surfers dare remain in the water. It's not a time for hollow bravery. I have two small children, 
My days of taunting the sea are past. I sat along this very wall in this exact spot and watched the few remaining surfers ride the angry waves until even they were too afraid. Do you know how many times the water breached the seawall back when I was young? Do you, Governor? Nod up and down for yes, side to side for no. No? I'll tell you how often. Once, maybe every eight to ten years. I can't remember it ever happening before my junior year in high school. But that night, six months ago, as we sat along this wall, the water rose to our ankles, then to our knees. It slammed into the wall with such fury, such disregard for man's feeble attempt to keep it at bay. The sea has a personality, Governor. It seemed to me that we, all of us sitting along the seawall, were being laughed at, even mocked, and that made me quite uncomfortable. In a few hours, water was over the wall, filling the streets and parking lots, surrounding the gas station, all the houses, every man-made structure you... I was going to say see... But that would be difficult at the moment, wouldn't it? Everything was transformed into islands. I believe the spot where you're lying now was under two feet of water. What's that, Governor? It's the duct tape. Can't understand you. If I make you out correctly, it sounds, I believe you're saying, you're afraid. Is that right? Of the water, you mean? I don't know. I think you'll be able to keep your head above two feet of water, Governor. Three feet? That might be a different story. But that's the intriguing thing about this little experiment. Nobody knows exactly how high the water is going to rise this time, do they? Maybe the storm will pass us by. Maybe the waves will only crash against the lower part of the seawall. But if the storm's as bad as they predict, you'll wish you had gills. But global warming doesn't exist, at least not in your eyes, does it? You as governor of our state, our highest elected official, went out of your way to gag any mention of climate change. The irony, governor, I'm now gagging you in your own pleas for help. You ordered all state personnel to refrain from using the phrase. You quoted the one or two quacks who doubt what is considered fact by every single legitimate scientist on the planet to enhance your business interests. You all raised your hands and, in unison, stuck a great big middle finger at the earth and every generation to come henceforth. You're old. You won't be around to see the mass migration, which will begin as soon as 10 or 20 years from now, from this state north to higher ground. It will be the largest migration of people in the history of our nation. It will be repeated all around the globe in similar coastal areas. Millions of people will die from starvation because crops will fail. What took four billion years to evolve, a veritable Garden of Eden, our near-perfect, beautiful Earth, will be turned into a searing hot ball within a couple hundred years. You may not be around to see the start of it, but I, and surely my daughters, will. <coughs> What's that? It's not your fault? How so, Governor? You're only doing what your constituents wanted? No, Governor. That's a bunch of... Well, you know. You see, we're only going to take so much. Your Achilles heel is the belief that you can keep yourself safe against the desperation of a nation. Like the rising water itself. There's a point of no return. 
a point where the people abused, manipulated, lied to, and laughed at decide they're not going to take it anymore. The thing is, when folks are desperate, when there's not much left to lose, that's when you're in some serious trouble. You think laws are going to protect you? The police? You have no idea the sort of anger about to be unleashed on you and your kind. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned or a planet taken to the cleaners. Come again? What's that? You say you'll do anything? You'll pay me if I'll let you go? I'm not going to hurt you, Governor. I haven't yet, have I? I'm sorry if the duct tape is a little tight, but I had to bind you properly and make sure you couldn't speak. Your money's not going to buy you out of trouble this time. That's the currency of big business, not planetary salvation. I'm a doctor, a man of medicine and science. I appreciate experimentation, the scientific method. I believe what I see, not fantasies made of gold. You say global warming doesn't exist. If you're right, you've nothing to worry about. In the morning, the sun will rise. I'm sure you'll be spotted by early morning walkers. You'll be none worse for the wear. But, if you're wrong, in about four hours, you'll be wishing you had a straw to breathe through because this whole area will be turned into a saltwater lake. There's no worse crime I can think of, Governor, than what you done. You didn't steal because your family was hungry. You didn't murder out of passion or desperation. You didn't stick a needle in your arm because you watched your own mom and dad do it. Instead, you raped the people of this country. You raped the earth for dollar bills, for points on stock market indexes. You took the highest public office in the state, a position of great power that should be a privilege to hold, and used it as a tool for acquiring wealth. You didn't help the poor. You didn't improve education. You didn't work to reduce the frictions between blacks and whites. You went for the green stuff, didn't you? At the expense of the poor and education and race relations. Mankind, to you and your friends, is nothing more than a spreadsheet of demographics, consumers, the base on which your pyramids of enormous profits are built. The earth, but a disposable array of resources to be consumed and discarded in your lifetime. And let the next million years of humanity be damned. I might be a bit presumptuous, but if I were God, that would be high on my list of things that get you a first-class ticket to hell. You think I'm an anomaly, Governor? I'm just the first trickle in the rising tide to come. The tide that's going to sweep over the greedy halls of government all over this land and return our country to its people. You're so far out of touch, you're amused by the thought instead of being terrified by it. I'm not telling you what I wish, you understand, but what I hear and see every day. Now, Governor, for an hour or two of surfing. It is best just before a storm. Keep the faith.